Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 17 Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From you let my vindication come, let your eyes see the right. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. As for what others do, by the word of your lips I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Guard me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They track me down, now they surround me. They set their eyes to cast me to the ground. They are like a lion eager to tear, like a young lion lurking in ambush. Rise up, O Lord, confront them, overthrow them. By your sword deliver my life from the wicked, from mortals. By your hand, O Lord, from mortals whose portion in life is in this world. May their bellies be filled with what you have stored up for them. May their children have more than enough. May they leave something over to their little ones. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied, beholding your likeness. Job chapter 1 There was once a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. His sons used to go and hold feasts in one another's houses in turn, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the feast days had run their course, Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This is what Job always did. One day, when the heavenly beings came to present themselves before the Lord, Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it? The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand now, and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. 
The Lord said to Satan, Very well, all that he has is in your power. Only do not stretch out your hand against him. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One day, when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell on them and carried them off and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, The Chaldeans formed three columns, made a raid on the camels and carried them off, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came across the desert, struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell on the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrongdoing. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verse 34 through chapter 22, verse 6. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live in the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Every day he was teaching in the temple, and at night he would go out and spend the night on the Mount of Olives, as it was called. And all the people would get up early in the morning to listen to him in the temple. Now that the festival of unleavened bread, which is called Passover, was near, the chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to put Jesus to death, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was one of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers of the temple police about how he might betray him to them. They were greatly pleased and agreed to give him money. So he consented and began to look for an opportunity to betray him to them when no crowd was present. Part of Lent is giving up these things that we've been given for a time. Uh, The strictest observance of Lent does not include feast days, which will be the Sundays. And I'd have to double check, but I'm fairly confident that the 40 days between Lent and uh, Good Friday or or, um, Monday, Thursday, I can't remember which one, the 40 days is only if you don't count the Sundays, typically if you don't count the Sundays. And so it's it's a tempered fast. On Sundays, you're allowed to feast and you're allowed to refrain from your fast because that's the point of Sundays for the most part. Um, but during six of the seven days uh, each week, you're expected to give something up. Um, and the, the point is to remember 
what it's like to not have the things that we love, to not have the things that we want, uh, maybe even to not have the things that we need. Um, And Job is this really important reminder of um, the uh, importance of putting God above everything else, um, which is essentially the, the point of fasting, to give up and focus on God. Um, it's essentially a form of asceticism or the, uh, uh, the ascetic lifestyle, which um, gives up uh, as much as possible, if not everything. Uh, the ancient Christians would give away everything that they owned, uh, save a cloak or something, and they would go off into the desert and survive off of, you know, camels and, um, you know, oases or something. And it was giving up, or it was in giving up, that they felt that they were able to connect most um, uh, faithfully to God. The less material goods that they clung to, the more spiritual good uh, that they felt that they were uh, capable of. Um, And so Job, um, and I, I say that, to um, to point out that these things that we are giving up, the things that we are asked to not have for a, a time in our life, are actually supposed to be good. It's supposed to be that you give up something that is good, not necessarily something that's bad. You're supposed to give up the bad things throughout the year, you know, smoking or you know, excessive drinking or something. Um, but fasting is particularly um, focused on giving up these things that are good. And giving them up is not that they aren't good. Um, the the monastics and ascetics weren't saying that the world was bad; they were saying that the world was good, um, and that giving it up were all was all the more difficult because of how good it was. Um, this is the argument they would make. Um, it may appear to us that uh, the 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 turn to the desert in the fourth and fifth centuries and the birth of monasticism as we know it, um, was kind of a turning the back to the city centers, to the centers of power. Um, But a lot of the monastics would tell you that, no, those things are good. Um, Fellowship with other people is good. Extravagant food is good. Wealth and affluence is good. Um, But that giving it up, uh, or because it's so good, giving up is is all the more potent in connecting one with God because these things can be a distraction. Um, And it's hard to acknowledge that family and possessions and um, friends can be goods that can also be distractions, that it's not really about the things that we have, that it's about God, and that God may give us these things and this family and these friends. Um, And it is bad. It, It... we suffer and um, it is difficult when we lose these things Um, but that all the more points out how good those things really are and Job is just this really difficult story because he loses everything he loses his children he loses all of his possessions Um, he even is afflicted with pestilence eventually Um, and the beginning of this story we catch sight of um this wager that God makes with the accuser or Satan. Hasatan is really, it's how you say it, and it just means the accuser. Um, and a lot of people don't 
um, realize that God actually starts it. Um, he sees Satan kind of cruising around his part of town. And he's like, what are you doing here? And Satan is like, I'm just cruising around town. And God brings up the issue of Job. Hey, have you heard about Job? He's pretty, he's, he's freaking baller. Like, he's, he's my guy. Um, and Satan says, no, no, he's only your guy because of the things you give him. Um, the extravagant clothes and food, the, the wonderful family. Um, but if you take that away, he's not, he's not really into that much. Um, <coughs> and it seems really callous and cruel that God has done this. But again, if, if the family and friends and the things are good, but not the ultimate good, it does make a certain amount of sense when at the end of this passage, at least, um, Job worships God after having lost everything. No matter how pious he is, it doesn't keep him from losing everything that he values, including his family and his, his friends and his possessions. Um, and this is actually where we get this, this phrase, uh, naked I came and naked I'll return. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Um, it isn't that God despised Job or thought Job deserved anything. It was actually because he knew Job's heart and he knew that Job really had it right, that it wasn't really about the things that he had, but the God to which the things that he had pointed because he understood that that is where they came from. And so in the season of Lent, as we fast, um, hopefully if you've given something up, that you've given up something good, something that you'll miss and something that actually um, is good for you. And every, you know, kind of, twinge of desire you have for that thing uh, or that practice or, or whatever it is that you may have given up um, that uh, hopefully you are reminded of its actual goodness. This isn't some bad thing you're giving up but something good and that you deserve to have but that you are voluntarily giving up access to it in order to refocus and recenter on the, the source of that good. for the good use of leisure from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, in the course of this busy life, give us times of refreshment and peace, and grant that we may so use our leisure to rebuild our bodies and renew our minds, that our spirits may be opened to the goodness of your creation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, You can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. 
Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.